Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. This is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars, and this week, the state of BMW. I was out walking the dog this morning and I saw a fantastic example of what I think you could best call casually confident driving. Cas- casually confident? Yeah, you'll know what I mean when I fill in some of the colours on this drawing. It was a bin lorry. It's bin morning round my way. Yeah, though I was following a bin lorry about an hour ago. Did you have to hold your breath? Uh, that's a good question. Actually, it was recycling, so not normally is quite as rancid. Although I'm always amazed that the recycling lorry doesn't smell of, just faintly, of stale wine, because I know that's what our recycling bin smells of, and I, I mm. guess maybe not everybody who recycles is rampantly drunk as we are in this case, but <laughs> it's um, the the worst one is the is the milk is the re- yes. resi- residual old milk in a crushed plastic milk carton. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that recycling lorries don't smell rancid because the actual bin lorry just often smells terrible. If I'm if I'm walking the dog and and we go past the bin lorry, mm. I usually try and hold my breath. And uh, yeah, I've started running recently, and I've realised if you run past the bin lorry, you can't really run and hold your breath for any significant amount of time without getting <laughs> lightheaded. So it's quite a challenge. But um, this morning I was just walking the dog, and there's a junction near ours that comes off a sort of fairly busy mainish road into a side road and it's a funny junction because it's got a central island and there's this metal bollard thing on the pavement which you could very easily clip if you're not paying attention because it's right at the edge of the curb yeah and it's, it's not one of those bell-shaped ones is it yes yes it is yes yeah, so it tries to look historic but it's really just yeah. to stop people from yeah i've seen a few incidents with the bell-shaped well they're bollard. low as well aren't they so you can yeah. catch you out because you forget it's there because it's below your bonnet line so yeah. yeah now i know a bin lorry different you've got your, your sort of cab forward you're sitting there you can see a lot more but even yeah. so this bin lorry came absolutely howling into this junction like I, I sort of saw him coming down the main road, and and I thought, oh well, look, he's gonna, he's going for it. He's just going for it in a wanna. He's not, he's, he's not gonna pause. There's nothing. Did he just the roll? Way. He rolled off the gas, and but never touched the brake. And of course, there's so much mass going so on. So much the mass. Lorry. Yeah. But yeah. what made this casually confident? I mean, that in itself, you'd have gone. That's a sporty move there. I wouldn't, uh, <laughs> wouldn't have been so confident to do that in a large thing. I mean, I wouldn't have been entirely confident to do it in a in a car at the clip that he came round. But it was the fact that the, the driver did it one-handed. I don't know why I'm laughing. He did, he did it one-handed. One-handed. And the reason he did it one-handed is because he got a tab on the go and his other hand was busy holding the tab up. He was sort of bracing himself for the sporty manoeuvre against <laughs> the, the door pillar of, of the bin lorry and he had the tab just out the window. Of course, because nice she's got one hand up, like sort of um, 
urinal, bad urinal posture. Yes, exactly. So one hand that. up on the A pillar with the SIG. Yeah. And, yeah. of course, he's not strapped in because he's a lorry driver. Yeah. And uh, oh, that's just brilliant. And was was he getting a little bit of chirp off the uh, commercial front tyres? <laughs> I hope he was getting he a bit of chirp. Do you ever get weirded out by uh, high-speed lorry manoeuvres? Because I always think that those tyres they put on lorries are rock hard. Oh, they're ridiculous. Unbelievably hard. And, and yeah. therefore, particularly in cooler conditions that have not very much grip for lateral manoeuvres yeah yeah well also and there's and of course you're dealing with such a huge amount more um weight and cab shudder and all the other things i i worry about the rear end overhang clip where they go for a very tight junction move and of course the rear overhang then pendulums out yeah and and if they haven't quite factored that in you can you can do away with with stuff so I've always worried about that, but I think bin men, bin well, bin bin women, because in fact one of one of the uh, bin operators that comes to our house is female. I think they're very cool. It's just they've got a bit of a swagger. If they ride on the back, still, there's still that kind of lawlessness, that re- rebel attitude of like I'm I'm smoking. I've maybe got a bandana on. Yeah, I'm, but but I'm in high vis, <laughs> so I'm 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 being I'm being a rebel, but in full view and. <laughs> But I am getting rid of the smelly crap that you put outside your house, so you, you need to love me. Yeah, you can't take issue with the bin people. They're no. taking away your rubbish. What are you going to do if they don't? Sort exactly. it out yourself. But that gives them a cockiness and a sort of business-like confidence. Because yeah. that's the other thing. If I'm, if I'm out walking or running and the, you know, the, the, they're getting all the wheelie bins out into the road and lobbing them in the back of the, the lorry, they're not getting out of your way. They're not breaking no. stride. They've got a job to do, which is fair enough. I understand. I mean, if they sort of went, oh no, after you, they'd never get the bloody job done. But no, they but there is a kind of if you ever make eye contact with a bin person, they're not backing down. I did that this morning, Rich. I, I made eye contact because he looked behind him, and I was the car behind, and I just sort of gave him the look as if to say, "I'm going to give you space. I'm not really in a rush, cause cause lockdown, sort of." And uh, so, don't you worry don't you worry and he was cool about it but i think like you said they've got a job to do they're, they're thrashing the bins in there i think i've never taken issue with a bin man apart from the one that wrote off my mercedes outside my house as i was getting into it but apart from what? that yeah yeah they wrote my car off as i was unlocking the driver's door outside my own house once is this in yeah. london when you lived down here no i just moved up here i just moved up to lincolnshire and it was parked outside my own house um, which was an end terrace, <clears throat> and I was uh, going to work in my old one, two, three. And as I shut the front door, locked it, turned around, the bin lorry came along the street, only slowly, and it went to uh, take a, um, a, a turning into a coldy sack and didn't get it right, so it just reversed back a bit, and it reversed up the whole side of my car and just, like, gouged, gouged it because it had, like, sharp corners, as you can imagine. And then the, I was unlocking, like, the driver's door as it happened. It was like some scene out of a film. And the, the, bin, the bin driver just went, well, it's, you can't park there. That's, it's not, it's, you know, it's illegal. You're blocking a, a junction. I went, what? So I parked outside my own damn house. What are you talking about? And it turned out, anyway, after a bit of verbal argy-bargy, it turned out it was his first day on the job. And, uh, and he'd gone and ruined a particularly 
pedantic motoring journalists shabby old mercedes which i was quite fond of and yeah let me ask you this at yeah. the point of impact did you go into whoa 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 mode or were you so astonished by what was happening that in fact you were sort of frozen in a kind of rictus of horror i think i did a froze i think normally i would have shouted and flapped but i think i just i just inhaled and stood there because i still had, i had the key in my hand and it was in the door as it was being gouged and um, and because the car's monetary value was quite low, the insurance just went. Mm, well, they sent out someone. They sent out someone from the local Mercedes dealer to appraise it. And the, and lo- <laughs> the guy the guy just turned up and looked at me, and he went, "Do you honestly want this car back on the road?" And I went, "Well, I do." He said, "But we're a main dealer, so it's just like an early '80s car." What? So he he probably just wrote it down. I don't know. Panels required twenty seven thousand pounds, and then just emailed it to them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, needless to say, there was a, a battle ensued, and I I think I was so so determined not to let them win that in the end they gave me the payout that I asked for because I proved the car was worth X, which wasn't a great deal. And they just said, you know what, Johnny, just keep the car because we just can't be bothered with the paperwork. <laughs> we literally can't be asked. Yeah, we, we pretty much, I think I wore them down and they just said, just keep the car. And I had to go to Vosa and get it. I, rep- I repaired it myself outside that house where it got written off. I've got photos of me repairing it on the... I bought loads of panels from other cars from Breakers Yards and that's when it went from being silver to being silver, blue, white and maroon. <laughs> yeah, it all in one weekend. It was lovely. And it became the Harlequin Merc. Yeah. I'm kind of saddened by the thought that you were holding the key as it was written off. It's like holding the hand of a dying relative or something. It's... <laughs> Yeah, it sort of is. Imagine holding the hand of someone going into cardiac arrest, but then you manage to resuscitate them. And yeah. although they weren't in a great way, they were still alive. It's kind of like that. <laughs> You're now the third person I know who's had their car fucked up by a bin lorry. <laughs> in which context, well, it starts to make me think that bin, bin lorries are a menace. <laughs> I, just, I just blew out some coffee out of the wrong holes. Oh, excuse me. Um... Well, it's because they're in a rush. I don't think they're bad drivers. I think they're in a rush. No, they're incredibly skilled drivers, by and large, because, well, as the bloke I saw this morning proved, you know, he was, I mean, that was threading a needle. And coach drivers are the same. I I hold in high regard a guy that wears all year round short sleeve white shirt with a tie and um, has rear steer on his coach. Because he can really swing that thing in when you've got rear steer. I love seeing just that slight tweak of rear steer on the coach as he's wanging it round a 90-degree corner in a town or a city. I, I dig that. Yeah. But why the short sleeves? Is it is it hot work? Is it, I mean, do they're air-conditioned these days, aren't this is, they? Is this it a is hangover the from the 60s or something when they were hot? It's got to be a hangover from when commercials didn't have power assisted steering and so you had to be a physical guy um, you, you know you had to be a bit of a popper and i think as such you'd, you'd never drive with long sleeves because you'd end up with just massive uh, armpit sweat patches which just looked horrible so i think that's where the short sleeve came in but of course now you can you can drive the biggest coach in the world with with, with four broken fingers and it's still probably be just yeah. fine <laughs> 
you can drive a bin lorry in an extremely exotic way whilst <laughs> a tab on out of the window. Yeah, power steering exactly. is worth miracles for the uh, commercial vehicle driving community. Exactly. And all you've got to worry about is not accidentally falling out of the window because there's no support from the seat. That's it. Uh, so, yeah, I... I love the short sleeve shirt thing. I, and someone out there must know the answer why it seems to be the rule that coach drivers have short sleeve shirts. It's a hangover. It's definitely just a hangover from a from a different time, pre power steered time. But um, yeah. as looks go, a short sleeve shirt with a tie, yeah, is a really <sighs> crap look. Is somehow it doesn't. It's, it's neither one thing nor the other. It's like it's a sort of a mallet. Yeah. I can see your forearms. That's not formal. You might as well be yeah. wearing a t-shirt. It's it's very true, actually. And you're either a drummer in a in like a ska band, <laughs> you know, because there's a bit of a you know there's a bit of a kind of ska band kind of. We're not we haven't really made it, but we do the you know we do the pubs and clubs, and we we we, we can drum to all the ska favourites. There's a bit of that about it. But also, yeah, like you're saying, it's not formal and it's not too um, casual either. It's in this confused middle ground. Nobody really knows. I wonder if an above average number of coach drivers are also the drummers in ska bands because they're just... It's like a lifestyle choice, isn't it? You, you just... You just Adopt the look wholesale. It Run chooses with it. you. Yeah, because it has to be Scar, because who, who else would... I mean, maybe like Blondie, uh, like Blondie, that all of the males in the band, they always wore shirts with ties, didn't they, with a straight tie? Yeah, but I don't think short-sleeved. That, that sort of no. new wave look was a little smarter. It had the formality to it. Right. Scar, all over the bloody shop, because then you might team the short-sleeved shirt <laughs> with the tie and a pork pie hat. <laughs> I was thinking chef's trousers. <laughs> <laughs> even if even if you, you can't cook for shit. Oh, I know. Just put some chef's trousers on. Short sleeve, white shirt, crisp and white. Nice black, um, even width tie. <laughs> People think, well, what are you? You're either a scar drummer or a chef. You can't be both. Also, didn't I see you driving a National Express yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I do all of those things. <laughs> You're right, the, the dress code and uniform of the amateur scar band is a hot mess, isn't it? There's just all sorts <laughs> of shit going on there, but with a strong black and white theme. Just be brilliant. I, uh... Do you know what is ultra weird about this, that you brought up scar bands, that just before I saw the uh, high-speed junction entry from a one-handed bin lorry driver, <laughs> I had been listening to, for the first time in years... <laughs> I don't even know why I'm laughing still, sorry. I streamed a song, do you remember this? The Impression That I Get by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Oh, I, I, I love the Mighty Boss Tones. I don't yeah. know there are other songs. I went to Apple Music and I just typed in Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and of course that's the track that comes up because it's the one everyone knows. But I haven't listened to that for years and I woke up this morning and it was in my head for no apparent reason and I thought I'm going to have to you know sometimes you need to rinse away an earworm by just listening to it and hopefully that'll sort of make it stop I know you do it 
it, it somehow that makes sense. No, it does. It's like two two negatives make a positive or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So I left the house with the dog, and I thought that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to before I put on what I want to listen to, I'm going to put on the Mighty Mighty Boss tones and just listen to that. It's it's quite a good track. I it's like a really it. good track, and they're they're a tight band. I that that song, that song was like um, a hit of the year that I was at university. Oh, was it 97? 97, I think it was. Not Yet it was 97, yeah. Yeah, um, so it was. So I remember that was one of the songs that got played relentlessly, especially when Northern Dave bought MTV behind our backs. And so <laughs> our front room just had the television on constantly, even when no one was in the house, and it played MTV videos, of which that was a common one. I remember that, wow. and then Junior Senior. I think it was Junior Senior. Um, what was the track they did? But the video was awesome. Oh, yes. Um, Do you know the song I mean? Everybody. I can, yeah. That was everywhere, wasn't it? That was uh, absolutely everywhere. But the video for that's awesome. It's almost like Minecraft before Minecraft existed. What's the deal with Minecraft, Rich? My kids are going bananas for it. Oh, and although I I, I'm enjoying know. watching them being like 8-bit architects, at the same time, I don't quite understand it. But I feel like it's quite cool because kids are, rather than going for the super realism graphics, which is what we've always chased, I think, historically, they're going the other way and going, look at this, it's really badly drawn. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> again, again, I, I feel yeah. like I feel like maybe car design should chase that because this generation of people, you know, are going to start designing things. Let's have a bit of Minecraft design. Well, speaking of which, did you see last week they announced that the new BMW 4 series, and it's the biggest pile of dog shit I've ever seen. Oh no, it's shocking. And as a car designer that I follow on Twitter pointed out, because he's a he's a car design lecturer so he's not affiliated to a car brand and he can speak his mind and he went the thing is everybody's kind of moaning about that chipmunk grill Mm. but that is actually the least bad bit of it and he's right really it's everything else it's just the the front bumper on the m sport one is fussy as fuck it's like they just couldn't stop and then there's all these fucking creases up the sides there's far too much metal between the back wheel and the the window line which they've sort of somehow gone sort of a bit soft on the on the famous hofmeister kink and i don't know why it's like other car companies would kill for a recognizable detail like that and they're just pissing it away and so because there's too much metal on the rear haunch or the rear sort of the rear three quarter view particularly the front wheel looks like it's 20 inches and the back wheel looks like it's a 14-inch off an old mini or something. It's just, you just go, what the frig is wrong they, with you? I mean, the nose is really awful because I remember when they revealed the, the... the Well, they still said it was a concept, but everyone was speculating it was nearly finished. Hmm. Uh, was that last year? I think it was last year. But that is really... that's It's a real shame. Yeah. Are they trying... Are they... Is have they got a have they got an idea up their sleeves? Are they trying to actively dissuade people from purchasing cars? I know what it is. They don't want people to actually buy them. They 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 want people to just lease them, and people will go. Well, it looks crap, but it will drive out really well. Let's just have it for twelve months, and then we'll bin it. So I think there must be there must be a bigger a bigger idea here. Hmm. I, I still maintain that BMW's i series is the best looking division of BMW. And yeah. which is which is a strange thing to say, given how out there a lot of the i series is. But at least the uh, uh, the i series seems to have some sort of cohesive future thinking. 
Exactly. You know what they're trying to do, and it sort of works. Once you accept they're quite wacky looking, at least it doesn't look like 17 different ideas all thrown together. Or, you know, like one of those yeah. drawings where you do when you're a kid where you fold over the paper and one person draws, like, the head of a monster and one person draws the body <laughs> in the legs. It's like, it's just, it's just, they've done that, but with, with like, a, a hundred people just for the front bumper. It's absolutely shockingly shit. I can't. I can't believe it. It makes some of the ridicule designs of old actually look so tame. I mean, if you think about how how insulted people were with the Ford Scorpio, Mm. and you look at it now and you go, okay, it had sort of like surprised, slightly froggy eyes. But I mean, the rest of the car I thought was really good. And yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it's 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 nothing like the. I mean, this the the BMW cocaine nostril things just got way out of control. It's, in fact, it's so off its face, it's going to lose its septum, which then it becomes a different <laughs> car brand altogether. But, but they I think been... it has, though. Oh, it has. There's, no, there's not so much of a septum on the, on the 4 Series. It is. It's gone full. It's Daniela Westbrook. It has. It's, so that, that, that's the explanation. It's so coked off its headlights, it's, it's lost its septum. And now, <laughs> now it's just Tasmanian deviling around at every party, telling everyone what they want to hear, just bullshitting their way through life. And, it's, and someone needs to sit them down and go, you need, ca- need counselling. You're a fundamentally good chassis and drivetrain, but you've got to sort yourself out because you look a mess. Well, that's the irony as well of that 4 Series. I was looking at the interior. The interior actually looks really good. So it's sort of, it is somebody sitting them down and going, look, inside, you're good. But outside, you're a mess, and you need to sort yourself out. Yeah, you're an embarrassment. That's what it is. The, the yeah. BMW range needs an intervention. So it's 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 gone peak cocaine festival, and it just has to wind it all in now and come back yeah, to earth. I think earth. so. I, I fear that the new four series is lying to its friends about how much cocaine it does. <laughs> <laughs> but they know they know no one's that snuffly at the the uh you you can buy the i'm sure the four series escobar spec will be out there somewhere <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just... got it's got an illegal gun in the glove box what are you doing what are you, what are you doing, doing? You? don't worry man it's not that bad i reckon i can get away with it what are you thinking man you would have never said that three years ago uh, the new BMW now. 4 Series, the car that's made some bad life decisions. It's exactly that, and it's slightly jittery, so it's LED headlights. One of them will flicker a bit too often, and you'll go, <laughs> oh, hang on, it's quite a new car. Is that LED slightly? <laughs> and you'll be like, no. It's, just, it's a bit twitchy. It's uh, a bit twitchy, but they were a fundamentally intelligent, good person, but they've, yeah, just, yeah. they've gone overboard. It's just gone too far. Now, also, on the note of PCPs and and stuff and the way that people buy cars, I got an email last week. It said, along the lines of, the new Citroen C3 available to order now from Just. And I thought, well, Just, now it's a super mini. Yeah. And I know they're more expensive. You know, there's the days when it's like an entry-level Polo or Fiesta was under 10 grand. I know they're long gone. Yeah. But I still think, realistically, an entry-level small car is 12 grand but no the new citroen c3 available to order now from just sixteen thousand pounds 16 grand and i thought ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What the merry frig is going on here? And then I sort of thought, well, it's kind of irrelevant, isn't it? Because so few people are going to pay that cash. Yeah. Yeah. And if you did walk in with cash, I imagine they might chisel a bit of money off but they're just gonna pcp or lease it yeah and, that, and that's a, just a completely unconnected to the, the headline list price they might as well put the new citroen c3 available to order from i don't know go into the showroom see what offers we've got going. <laughs> probably about 250 quid a month or something even if you're you're but even if you're only um leasing a car for let's say two or three years Please, for goodness sake, um, lease a car that you're half interested in. Because if you get lumped with it, like let's say we go mm. into a Great Depression and you're driving around in a Panamera that you can't stand the arse of, um, you, you're going to become re- quite resentful. I mean, in general, life will become quite resentful anyway in a yeah. Great Depression, but you know what I mean. Uh, so I'm always, I'm always thinking, you, you, please, definitely spend money on a car that you are interested in or that turns you on in some way. And even if that's it's because it's so damn cheap to run. I mean, my my brother loves cars that are massively frugal. Hey, I've on that note, sort of, I've spotted, I've realised there's another cockroach car. I know we've talked about this in the past, and we said, oh, cockroach cars, yeah, Almira cockroach car, first generation Honda Jazz cockroach car, yeah. And this morning, I spotted a a cockroach coming together because there was a Mark 1 Honda Jazz parked next to an original Toyota Yaris and then I realised that in the streets around here there are actually quite a few early Yarai Yarai I love Yarai yeah Yarai Yarai Uh, it sounds like it sounds like a word you can't quite place being said by a Brummie Yarai 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 it is a Brummie term yeah don't be a Yarai uh, or it's or it's something or it's just it's some uh, like really old dialect for something you can't quite place. You, you, so you go around the island and when you get to the Yarai, you turn left. I get to the what? Sorry, the Yarai. Oh, oh, I see him in a traffic island. Right, I get you now. Yarai, old Yaris, Yarai. There's there's a surprising number of them, and I did find myself because I sort of quite like that car. It was, it it just sort of had that light, precise feeling that good Japanese cars have, and it's got a cheeky, chirpy. Yeah, kind they were of a little persona bit about it, hasn't it? When 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 did they come out? Was it late nineties? Uh, ninety. I'm going to say ninety nine because yeah, I was working on old Top Gear at the time, and we borrowed one of the first ones into the country. I think it was you know it was a pre prod car, but it was it was of an acceptable spec. Yeah, that they would lend it to us because we were doing a massive super mini group test with James May. Yeah, and. Um, they let us have this car and I drove it to the shoot and then when we wrapped on a Friday evening 
I drove to London in it because I was going to see some mates in London for the weekend. Got there a bit late, dumped the car by my mate's flat where I was staying and headed straight into town to go and meet everybody. And drink. Back to my mate's flat. Yeah, bit drunk, sleep. Woke up the next morning, car's gone. And I absolutely shat myself because, <laughs> because it wasn't even on sale. I'd lost Toyota's pre-production Sh- Yaris. And what you hadn't you couldn't remember where you parked it or No no, I knew I knew exactly where I'd parked it and it had gone. And I still had the keys and I was a bit and I rang the police and the police very calmly went, Where have you parked where did you park it? And I went, Oh, it's out here. And it was in sort of semi central London, just sort of quite near Euston Station. And they went, Is it a restricted area? And I was like, Well, I don't know And they went, Is there a sign? And I looked up and there's a sign. Like bear in mind I didn't know oh. it was a bit of a sort of, you know, provincial bumpkin. And I looked up and there's a sign that says restricted area, even on a Saturday morning, fuckers. That's brutal. That's so brutal. I had so to they, go it, it to got Kentish towed. Town. Yeah, it got towed away. I know it's like, oh, they must have done it at a crack of dawn. I know, it, was, it felt really unfair, but I had to then get the tube up to Kentish Town Vehicle Pound and get this precious Yaris back because um, it, it was a, a car that wasn't even available to the public at that point and we'd been loaned it, you know, after a lot of persuasion. So it was a bit awkward. But I got it back. I, I think around that time is that when was that just before Nissan announced the Micra that was the one that had all the ivory controls in the interior? I'm tr- what would that be? A K K twelve. K twelve. Was it a K twelve? Yeah, and that was. Quick... I think that was a little bit later. That was. Yeah, I know. I know this. God, I'm an interesting man. I know this because I borrowed one when they first came out and I know where I was living at that point and I'd moved to London. And yes, K-12. I got mobbed in one. I say mobbed. You? I got accosted by women of a certain age like every hour that I was driving it. Yeah, I was driving it for Car Magazine. We were doing a shoot on it and it hadn't been launched yet. And this couple wouldn't leave me alone. They were following me, and then every junction they kept winding the window down, going, "We've ordered one. She's ordered one. She has." He kept pointing at his wife. She, she says, "Is it is it good? Is it is it is it really good? Because we've got the K eleven, you know, the the bubble one." I said, "Yes, great." And she went, "Oh, I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased. We're sorry. We're just going to follow you for a while because we just like looking at it." Yeah, I'm like it's sort of really polite stalking. But um, I I I have a lot of I've got. I think that car was. A really, really good package, that Micra. I kind of miss that Micra. They were deceptively nice to drive because when yeah. I borrowed one, I remember, I think it was 2002 maybe, something like that. Yeah, that that rings a bell. Yeah, because I was still living in London. I got up at crack of dawn uh, to go to the British Grand Prix the weekend that I had it. And I took a sort of cross-country route to sneak into the place where, where I was meeting up with some other people in a village nearby and I absolutely door handled it down all these sort of cross load roundabouts and things and it was like it was actually quite nice to drive weirdly Um, yeah yeah I liked them and I was just talking to someone last week about this about those ivory coloured vent controls because I think they were meant to look like Japanese tea ceremony porcelain or something weren't they yeah there was I mean they they predated um, the Fiat 500 and actually, I I think if they were to have gone a bit more retro with the K twelve uh, thereafter, they 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 basically created a Fiat five hundred without knowing it. Mm. And it's a shame that then they went all crap. Yeah. 
I think the Micra accounts for something like 10% of Nissan's sales in the UK, whereas it used to be about 80. That just goes to show how different buying behaviour is now, thanks to crossovers and subs. Honestly, surprised it would be even ten percent these days. I just feel like you don't see micros anymore. It no, used to be everywhere. Like they were just, they were. You know, one of those street furniture kind of cars. But but do you remember the last shape one? And what it was looked like an ornamental of, goldfish, it, it, or the it, it looked like the back lights were off a different car. Yes, they were. I, they didn't quite fit into the apertures. Yeah, yeah I know the exact car. Go, Who styled this back? It's like Bristol had done it or something. They just had to use some van lights to fit. It was bizarre. <laughs> they didn't. They had to sort of smooth them in, but it did have the best bit of the design, which was quite clever as well. Was the roof had that sort of ripple effect on it, like uh, as if it was made of water, and someone had dropped a stone just above the back spoiler. Yeah, and yeah. These sort of these these are kind of like a quarter of a of a circular ripple emanating out across the roof, which is a nice sort of unusual design feature. But also the the, the ridges of the ripple gave a bit more strength to the roof panel, so it could be. Um, thinner i think that's right yeah clever but they did that with the cube headlining did they what, yeah the but, yeah it was it, it was it was circles obviously moving out from the center and it was in the middle of the headlining of the mark three cube the last cube hmm. yeah it, that, uh, but that was a cube was a kind of car that was design led whereas that last micro wasn't design led really it was sort of no it was a bit it felt a bit thin it's did you ever try the one with the supercharged engine no no i didn't apparently it was a bit of a ripper well the engine was really good and the rest of it was a bit plop so it was it was a great example of one of those cars where it's a a fantastic engine looking for a, a better home I can't think of any other examples at the moment. But. Well, I, I need to find one of those that's been accidentally reversed through a shop front then. Why? What are you going to do with it? Well, I don't know. I just, I'll stockpile an interesting engine for an interesting car at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I just, <laughs> that's, that's, the way I, that's the way I roll. Or a guy that I once went on a stag do with called uh, Steve from Bristol, he'd say, that's the way I roll. I loved it. <laughs> it was at the time when lots of people were saying, that's the way I roll. And he... <laughs> Kept saying roll, 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 <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't work. No, I love it. Sort of trying to be a little bit, you know, big man gangster, but really Bristolian. I think it's fantastic. It's a great combo. It's not a super gangster accent, is it? The Bristol accent. No, because you and they they, have, they obviously have a very strange um, vernacular, the sort of good ideal instead of good idea. Oh um, yeah, they, they 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 use completely different words <laughs> that don't actually make sense when you stop it. That's a good ideal. It's it's not an ideal though, is it? It's, we're talking about ideas. Well, Maybe yarai is a Bristolian word. Yarai. It just means milk bottle or something. But they you you want yarai? What? Why? I don't understand you. That's exactly uh, what it'll be. You've you've hit the nail on the head, Rich. Brizzle. Gangster, kind of cool, hard as nails, British cities, uh, accent wise London, Manchester, Glasgow, Birmingham. Birmingham less so, I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Birmingham, not not such a threatening accent. My mate used to work in Bur- the one that the one that inherited the un unkillable uh, Passat that I talked about the other week. Um, he used to used to live in um, Birmingham, and he had a very dubious job, which I don't think I can say. But um, needless to say, he would 
earned fairly good money. It wasn't illegal. I'm just going to say that. It wasn't illegal. It was just strange. And, yeah, the the unkillable Passat used to come across to here. It used to come out with me on a Friday night. Sometimes they'd have to go back to Birmingham quite early doors in the frontless five-cylinder Passat. <laughs> Can I ask why yeah. you sent me a message uh, that's just said, ask me about painting my comma camper van? Oh yeah, well, because sometimes I, 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 you know, it's like getting ideas at times when you least expect it. I thought, oh yeah, that's something I could chat about um, on the podcast. I, I, um, when was this? This would have been, v- v- oh, two thousand and one. I think it was two thousand and one. So I've moved to London. I was working for uh, for car magazine. I still had a terrible habit of buying cheap cars, doing a bit of side trading. My then girlfriend, we wanted to go down to Cornwall for like a week's holiday. It might have been 10 days holiday. We were going to go to a festival, like a um, a car type festival, and then do a bit of a tour of, of Cornwall and then come up. I'd quickly worked out how much it was going to cost for um, hotels and stuff like that. I saw it as the perfect chance to buy another vehicle. So I bought so I said to her, Well look, don't bother with we won't stay in a B and B or a hotel every night. Um I'll buy a cheap camper van and we'll do a bit of camping and then we'll do some B and Bs, save some money, have a bit of a bit of a fun time, blah. So I bought this comma for three hundred and sixty five pounds with an, with a very short MOT. Um <laughs> from Barnes, you is it Barnes? Say. Barnes in South London where Mark Bolin yes. died in his mini. Yeah. yeah. I remember I bought it from Barnes Common, very near Barnes Common, turned up, I pretty much knew I was gonna buy it, even if it was despicable, because time was running out and it was a bargain. The guy had f- sort of forgotten to clear it out before I came to buy it. And it still had a portaloo full of you oh know what. Oh, it was awful. And also I turned up and he said, oh, yeah, well, I've I've been away at it numerous times, me and my dog. And I saw this dog and it was, a is it in Newfoundland? It was yes. absolutely massive. I mean, it was the size of a rugby player on all fours. And it just him <laughs> and this dog used to go away. And it's, you can imagine the smell was quite unholy. Um, so I was like, right, well, does it run and drive? Yeah, it does. It wasn't that bad, but someone had hammerited it. A really bad greeny silver with like a pinstripe that wasn't even level <laughs> on the side. And I just thought, well, I'm going to a festival. Let's just do something a bit different. So I had the day off the f- day before we left. So I needed to do some emergency checks on the comma just to make sure it wasn't hanging because I have to drive it quite a long way. Um and I started sanding it down with a, you know, a, um, a drill sander. And this is hammerite. Of course, hammerite's really tough, right? Hammerite <laughs> yes. paint. It does not like coming <laughs> off. Well, I was out there with 17 extension leads on the road in London trying to sand down a comma on a really hot summer's day. <laughs> and and I, was, I was there for ages to the point where I'd sanded the thing down. And then when I started to hand paint it in satin black, because at the time I thought that was cool, um, the sun had gone down, and I was painting it mostly um, by by torch and an overhead light. And I thought, this is just rubbish. And the next day, we were leaving. So I'd painted all of the van, I think, up to the driver's door 
and the front panel. You know those commas, they're inboard wheels, they've got quite a funny looking face. Very inboard wheels. Very, I mean, very narrow track, as I was to find out. Um, so we set off. Uh, the The van ran and drove very low geared. Um, I, I remember distinctly. The engine is under the middle seat at the front, right. under like a power bulge. <laughs> 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 I say that we were we were joining the motorway on a slip road, and just as we dipped down to go onto the slip road, it just went. Ooh and just started dying and I, I just said to my girlfriend shove over shove over and I just lifted up the power the the middle seat because the, the engine is right there so your left hand can touch the engine while you're driving and I put the eight one of the HTDs came off I pushed it smacked it back on it went <laughs> and then for most of the journey I had a hand in the engine tweaking the carburetor because it just wouldn't run very oh my well God. but the, 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 then it would do no more it would do no more than 50 miles an hour it was utterly screaming at 50 but we get down to just outside of Bristol and we hit a massive road closure situation where I think it was a bank holiday weekend and huge traffic problems, blisteringly hot, shut the van off, and it looks like nobody's going anywhere. You know those ones where people get out the car and start playing like frisbee and stuff, and yeah. you're like, we're oh, really yeah. not going anywhere. Are they having a game of five-a-side over there? God, yeah. For a while. Yeah, there's yeah. a bit of that, you know, French cricket. So we're like, right. So I, I said to my then-girlfriend, I said, well, look, I've, I've got the paint and stuff in the back, so I brought tools with me, and I brought some paint because I'm oh, me. Oh, my God. And I, start, I started painting or finishing painting the front of the camper van on on the moat on the motorway and Who, I, what is wrong I, with you i just don't know i just thought it was not that a stupid idea but what was annoying is i was just getting to the end of it and I had all the brushes out you know the terps everything and the traffic starts moving and i'm just i'm painting the front of my car I have to just throw it all in the back. And then we we drive down to my friends and the whole front of the car is of course covered in flies that are stuck in fresh paint. So it's a stupid Because <laughs> it was hot because it was a hot day. And we get oh, to my we get my to my Jesus. mates in Bristol because him and his girlfriend at the time joined us and we were gonna carry on down to Cornwall um in the sort of a, in the early hours. We were gonna do a bit of a dawn raid. Come and get into my malfunctioning camper van full of another man's shit. Uh, don't touch the outside, please. You'll get paint on your hands. Oh, it was terrible, Rich. I mean, it was a very uninviting van. We tried to make it our own. But... <laughs> Can I just ask, how hot and noisy was it if you've, you're running along with the engine cover open so you can plunge your hand <laughs> into the engine bay like like doing open heart surgery on someone who's also <laughs> trying to be an air traffic controller it's a, it was really noisy because of course it was so low geared and there's not a lot of soundproofing and it's cab over engine um it was it was ridiculous if it didn't look so funky i would have never gone near the damn thing but um <laughs> Needless to say, when we when when we, we we set off really early in the morning at about three, I think, oh. from from my mate's place with with his stuff on board and his girlfriend's stuff on board. So the van was now fully loaded, and by 
by by um, by the the light of the the street light in the cul-de-sac where he lived, where he was renting a house. We finished painting the front end. Me and Dan did. Dan was drunk actually, uh, thinking about it, and we painted eyelashes on in red, and like a big, you know, like a World War Two plain shark mouth. Yes, we painted a shark mouth on the grill, so it looked sort of aggressive. And yeah. <laughs> wow! Oh no, a narrow tracked shark is. Coming <laughs> I mean, it was just silly. And then we drove off. We carried on down to Cornwall, and it it made it round Cornwall most of the way. We broke down twice. The the final time was on the way home, and it was terminal. There was white smoke, and I think bits of piston ring were coming out of the exhaust. But <laughs> that 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 bit was terminal. But the yeah, we broke down once in Cornwall. We went on to one of those little ferries that goes across a very short distance and then you drive off it. They and love a little ferry that goes a very short distance down there, don't they? I Yeah, was they do. Was it chain operator? Was it just a bloke pulling a chain? It was a chain. It was a chain ferry, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the problem was I drove on to the boat and then, of course, you're on the boat for like, I don't know, f- two minutes or something. And then mm. I went to start the comma to get off the boat and... And all I could hear was just this free spinning, thinking, well, that's not right. Climbed underneath it to have a quick look, judging by people like ushering me to get off. The starter motor was actually hanging out. It undone all of its nuts and it had just come off. And it was hanging just by the lead, by the cable. And I was like, ooh. So I shoved it in there while my then girlfriend started the engine. So we got it running, and then I, dr- I limped it off the boat and then had to just go and find some nuts, because they'd all come off and gone, to actually put it back on, or some bolts. And, um, yeah, so that was that was interesting. And I remember we had a lock-in in a pub once, and we parked it in the beer garden, and we 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 just we just walked out of the pub at like i don't know f- 3 something ridiculous when it was nearly light got into the camper van and um went to sleep and you know when you wake up or, uh, and and as soon as the sun comes up and heat starts to come in it gets very hot and stuffy and tense and this had yes. a pop this had a pop top this camper van it was so <laughs> stuffy and I, I and i was massively dehydrated because we'd been drinking cider for 4 hours and there was no we didn't even have a didn't even have a pipette of fresh water in the van <laughs> <laughs> felt so terrible and had to just go for some long walks that morning <laughs> and uh, yeah it was and awful this, this van died at the end of this trip the van died at the end of the trip, and I found uh, the the engine had catastrophically died. I found a second hand engine, which was a it's a, a Hillman uh, engine, a seventeen twenty five kind of Hillman engine. I found one for fifty quid, managed to get it to the van, and then I worked out that he needed a crane to get it out of the van because it has to come out through the cab. I think it's a real fiddle and i got bored and sold the van with an engine to go in it for 500 quid on ebay you sold it for more than you paid for it yeah i pretty much always sell cars for more than i paid for them even though it had been hand painted it'd been hand painted with flies stuck in the with paint. flies stuck in it yes yes in satin black 
and it had uh, oh I did we did make some new curtains in it I mean there are a few stories with that van one of them being when we were in when we were doing the sort of tour of the west country we stayed overnight in Salcombe and I got rudely awoken where I fell through one of the canvas bunk beds because, it, because the canvas had rotted out and I unfortunately I fell I'm sure I've told you this I fell through onto the draining board below which had cutlery upturned oh my god and I was naked because it was a really hot summer uh, season so I landed naked uh, onto a draining board full of forks and knives uh, so it was quite bad Jesus Christ yeah, and spent the rest of the like a day shit episode of casualty. Yeah, spent the rest of the day running around the local town trying to get um some bunk beds made of fabric and I in the end I bribed a sailmaker. I remember it vividly. I took it to a sailmaker and said I need you to make two of these. He said I only deal with marine grade canvas. It's guaranteed for 25 years anti-rot anti-UV. I went, yeah, it's fine. And uh, he said, give me, give me 75 quid cash and I'll have them done before five. And I got these mint canvas bunk beds made by the sailmaker and they were brilliant. So no more falling naked onto upturned cutlery <laughs> after that. Well, I feel like that's an appropriate note to end on because, frankly, we're never going to top that. But, um, <laughs> I don't know, we might, we might. Well, we can always try. Let's try again <laughs> next week when we'll be back with another Smith & Sniff podcast. In the meantime, please don't forget to subscribe and like, or like and subscribe, either is good. We appreciate all of your feedback and your nice reviews and all of those things which have been very generous to date so thank you for that um if you're looking for more entertainment then uh go to johnny's car pervert youtube channel uh, and if you're very very bored uh you can buy my medium-sized book of boring car trivia off amazon here ends the plugging that was that was a good wholesome um selection of plugs well Took done. a run at that one. Anyway, that it's been lovely to talk. Um, slightly haunted by the idea of you falling naked onto some cutlery. But, uh, <laughs> might just go and listen to the mighty, mighty boss tones until that thought goes away. Yeah, I'm going to. I haven't heard them in years. Until next week. Bye. Bye-bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market